Hello, this is Pastor Galen from the First Nazarene Church in Chicago, and welcome to our podcast. Hey, before we hear the message today, I simply wanted to say that no matter where you're at, we're glad that you're listening today. We hope this message will inspire you, instruct you, and help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. And if you live in the Chicagoland area, maybe this is the first step for you joining us in person sometime. Or if you want to, you can always check out our online live services every Sunday on our website at firstnaz.cc. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning again and welcome to First Nazarene. Thank you so much for being a part of our church today. Uh, if you're newer to our church, my name is Galen. I'm the pastor here. And if you are new, I'd love to be able to meet you if, you ha- if I haven't had a chance uh, to meet you already after the service. I'd love uh, to chat with you. Today is a good and big and important day for many different reasons today. Um, this morning we'll, we'll have a great service together. It's going to be wonderful. And then probably the majority of the country, when they think about today and Sunday, is probably more thinking about tonight and the big game that is happening with two uh, different teams. And most people that will watch the Super Bowl together will do so uh, with other people. And so I'd love to begin this morning just by starting to, to find out kind of who's here and what you enjoy about the Super Bowl party together. I'm going to ask you an either-or question. I'd love you to participate by raising your hand. If you, at the Super Bowl party, are more a fan of the, like, dips and sides or the meat, because the food is a very important part of the Super Bowl party. If you're more on the dips and sides, would you raise your hand? Is that you? Oh, wow. Okay. How many of you are more about the meat at the party? More men, I think, right there. More carnivore men. Sure. Okay. Uh, how many of you, and this is just gonna, we're going to start to get honest here, you're actually more at the party for the people in the party, or are you actually more there for the game? You want to watch the game. If you're more for the people in the party, raise your hand. Yeah. Oh, it's cute. You social butterflies. That's wonderful. How many more for the game? You're here to watch the game. Yes, my people. Thank you. Wonderful. All right, one more. Last one, and this one is very important. Please listen to how I word this. This is not who you think will win. This is where your heart is. Who you think will win, who you want to win the game. Uh, Raise your hand, maybe, if you're cheering for the San Francisco 49ers tonight. God loves you. I'll pray for you. Thanks for being here today. And if you're rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs, raise your hand. All right, let's go. Let's go. I see that jersey. I see you. And, and Packers jersey, loud and proud for your team, even though they're not in it. Love it, too. Uh, but you have to cheer for somebody else tonight, okay? Um, for those of you that may be new, I'm from Kansas. My wife and I live in Kansas City for five years. That's why people were laughing. We're big uh, Kansas City Chiefs fans. Maybe this is our year. I actually thought about preaching a couple different messages today. The first one being, you know, the gridiron gospel, okay? It needs to be about, the message today is how we need to start punting our sin. Uh, we need to stop fumbling the opportunities we've been given. We need to receive God's grace so that we can touch down in heaven. Amen and amen. Or a message may be entitled, Playing with the End Zone in Mind. This one isn't so much a joke. You're going to be watching the game, and you're going to be like, this is how pastors see things, and it's actually a really good thought, so hang with me here. Um, that at the end of the game, it normally ends in one of two ways. Normally, the winning team will take a knee and let the clock run out because they're victorious, and they just take a knee, and the game is over. They win. Or the other team attempts a Hail Mary at the end of the game. Here's the lesson for you in this. If you're thinking spiritual thoughts, I know you all do while you watch the football game tonight. 
what if I could live a life that at the end of my life, I wouldn't have to be so much of a Hail Mary, I hope I've done enough, I'm a good enough person, and maybe, please Jesus, Hail Mary, accept me? Or what if at the end of life, you could live in such a way that no matter how much time you have left and you're not sure, as the clock expires, you can take a knee in confidence that the victory has already been won. Come on. Uh, some of you are going to get blessed while you're watching football tonight, and when the Chiefs take a knee to win, you'll say, that's me and Jesus going to heaven. 100%. Amen. Honestly, even as a Chiefs fan, it's just a game. It's just a game. And so I'm not going to preach any of those messages instead. We'll talk about the things that eternally matter uh, today at church. Uh, today's message is called Rewind and Fast Forward. I'm going to turn to 1 Corinthians 1. Uh, that timer is not for me to be done preaching, I hope. I'm going to keep going if you don't mind. <laughs> uh, 1 Corinthians 1, and I'll read from there in just a moment. You see, this is a different kind of Sunday. If you're new to us and our church, uh, this isn't actually like a normal message I would give, especially if it's your first Sunday with us. This isn't a normal uh, message I would give. Today's is honestly more of a report. I think it's really important as a church um, to pause every now and then. And the church is a community, and we have a mission. We believe that um, God has called us to introduce people to him so people would know God and serve others. And we need to pause every now and then as a church and say, are we actually accomplishing our mission? Are we actually being faithful to what God has trusted us with? Are we doing the kind of work that God would want us to do? And so if you're new with this, I hope you hear this as more of a, yes, it is more of an internal kind of report. Here is what we did in this last year, and here's what we're looking for next year. But I'd also say this. When I gave a rewind, fast-forward message last year, I had people that literally was their first Sunday. And they said, you know, it's, today was my first Sunday. I understand this was different. But it's good to know that the church actually has goals and a direction. They don't just exist for themselves and to do the same thing week after week, but they're actually trying to make a difference in people's lives and in the community that they're in. So if you're new with us today, I hope you would hear the message in that way. And no matter who you are, I want you to sit with these two questions today. Go back for me real fast. These two questions today. What influence do you have and what impact will you have? What kind of influence, people that listen to you, you can influence them in one way or another, and what kind of impact will you have? And we'll return to these questions at the end of today. As we read 1 Corinthians 1, I'm going to give you a little bit of context here. Paul is this missionary for Jesus. He's been traveling around spreading the good news of Jesus. At that time, people, there was this popular human figure, this man that walked around being a miracle worker, driving out demons, healing people, proclaiming God's kingdom has come here on heaven as it is in, or here on earth as it is in heaven through his own life, through his own ministry, making claims to even be God himself. But then he was killed. But then some of his followers said that they saw him even after he was murdered, that he had raised from the dead. And so there's this stir in who is this Jesus? And honestly, we are forced to ask that same question. Okay, churches and they meet and who is Jesus? Who is Jesus to me? Who is Jesus to us? Does he really who he said he was? Is he really the son of God? Did he really take on the sin of the entire world that if we would put our hope and our faith and our trust in him, we could be forgiven of our sin, not just so that we go to heaven when we die, but that God's spirit could come and live within us and begin to change us. 
that God could change our heart, the things that we desire, the things that we seem as valuable. The, he'd set us free from our addictions, set us free from our shame. He'd begin to recreate us into the people that he has originally created us to be. People who love God, who love other people, people who aren't necessarily perfect, They're doing their best to love God and serve others, and that as we live obediently to Jesus in the church, that we would see God's kingdom as it is in heaven and will be one day begin to come on the earth in the here and now, and we start to see God's rule and reign among us. Do we believe this? And this is the central message that Paul has been sharing. When people are coming to faith in Jesus, they're finding out experientially, this isn't just a religion that I believe in the things that I, well, I went on Sunday and I did the thing and it's another thing. No, this is an experience of a relationship with the God who made them. And that God is beginning to change their lives. And he sits down now to write this letter back to the church that's gathered in Corinth. And he writes these things. For, we're going to read from chapter 1, the very beginning. This is from Paul. This is written to you. And he says, this is who I perceive you to be in this moment. And then he addresses where that church is at. The reason I picked this passage for today, I believe it is fitting in a rewind and fast forward message. Where we're saying in 2023, where were we as a church? What did God do within us? As we look to 2024, where are we at in this moment? And I love what Paul had to share with this church. I think is good and helpful for us today. Beginning in verse 4, he says this, I always thank my God for you and for the gracious gifts he has given you now that you belong to Christ Jesus. Through him, God has enriched your church in every way with all of your eloquent words and your knowledge. These are spiritual gifts that God gives us. This confirms what I told you about Christ. It is true. Now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly await for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is interesting to me. As a church, sometimes we think, well, we need this and we need that and we need more of this. And he says, if you have Jesus, do you recognize God's spirit is with you and you have everything you need as you eagerly wait for Jesus to come back. He will keep you strong to the end. That's a promise. I love that. This isn't by my own effort, my own doing, being a better person, trying harder, doing more good things. God will solidify something within us that will keep us strong to the end so that you will be free from all blame on the day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. Even if you're new to your faith, God has forgiven you of your sin. When Jesus comes back, you don't need to be afraid. When you die, you don't need to be afraid. You are blameless in his sight. And then he says, God will do this, for he is faithful to do what he says, and he has invited you into partnership with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. One more verse, verse 10. I appeal to you then, brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with one another. Let there be no divisions in the church, but rather be of one mind, united in thought and in purpose. I love this, verse 9 and verse 10. Really fast, what Paul is saying is, God will be faithful to give you this salvation. He will keep you strong. He will do the changing and transforming work within your life. When you believe in him, God does these things within you. That is his role. And then in verse 10, he says, and then now, don't let there be divisions. And in the rest of the letter, there's lots of issues with the church, and he goes on to address them. But instead, be united together in in your thought, in your mind, and in your purpose. 
For me, as we think of rewind and to see what God has done, and then we think a little bit in the future ahead of what is it we're supposed to be doing as a church? What is going to be our focus for this next year? To be united in our purpose together as a church. Because God has invited us into partnership with him, this says, to accomplish his mission here on earth as it is in heaven. So first of all today, rewind. Let's go back to 2023. Let's see what God has done in our church. If you're with us in this last year, this image should be a very familiar one to you. Our entire focus on this year was planting. This idea that I wanted you to develop the vision of a farmer who can take a seed and look at that seed. And they don't just see one seed in front of them, something small that seems insignificant. But when they look at that seed, they see an entire field of crops being brought to harvest. And as they do, they see their kids eating. They see going to the market to sell them and to provide for their family. They can see all of that from one small thing. As a church, we walked through the three parables of planting from Mark chapter 4 and really arrived at the conclusion that we need to become more like the farmer in those parables, that we spread the good news of Jesus for anyone who would hear it, and not all will accept it. But our job isn't to control who accepts it and who doesn't. Our job is to be the one who shares the good news with others. This is our role, and this is what we need to be doing. Um, Planting this last year is a long-term vision of seeing what could be and should be in our world and being willing to do the hard work, even now as a farmer would do before harvest, even before seeing any fruit to become like that farmer. In Mark 4, verse 3, it says, Listen, a farmer went out to sow some seed. The farmer plants the seed by taking God's word to others. This is what we were called to do. And why? Why planting? Why this metaphor? Why this vision? I believe that we all know someone today who is living, as Ephesians 2 puts it, in this world without God and therefore without hope. I think each one of us knows today someone who may be honestly doesn't have a good answer for why am I here? Why am I living? What is my purpose in this world? Maybe we know someone today who is afraid because they feel so alone. Maybe we know someone who is struggling and losing a battle with addiction, or they're suffering because of the shame of what they have done, and everybody knows about it. Do we know someone who, if they died today, would spend an eternity apart from Jesus? What is our response as a church? To say, yeah, their life is hard and it's messy. How selfish of us would it be when we know that Jesus who gives us hope, who gives us a future, who gives us new life, who is changing and transforming our lives and could do the same thing for them? Could we begin to see just as a small seed, one small action, one small thing I could do, maybe it could have ripple effects in their life as well. So in 2023, we committed to the work of planting really in four different ways. Number one, to pray, to do this corporately as a church, and to do this as individuals. As a church, uh, we prayed by having a night of guided prayer together. We had another night where we had a teaching on prayer posture. We took a prayer walk around our building and prayed for all of you that are now here. Um, We, just a couple months ago, had 94 of us who participated in 24 hours of prayer, praying every 15 minutes, someone from the church, so that all around the clock, 24 hours, we were praying together. As individuals, we began to pray at 4.31 p.m. every day. We'd set an alarm and pray for someone to know Jesus. 
it's fun for you to share your stories with me that you were at your workplace or you were traveling or you were on vacation and 431 went off and you prayed for someone specifically. One person was in a meeting with me and I was talking with them and they looked at their watch, which first of all is about the rudest thing you can ever do when you're talking with someone. It's like, yeah, I don't really care what you have to say. And I was like, are you serious? I thought we were meeting. I was sharing. Pastor, it's 431. Shouldn't we be praying right now? Yes, let's, let's do that. Let's pray for our person that we're praying for to know Jesus, to pray, to plant this year by inviting. How will people come to know Jesus if they're never around the good news of Jesus? How will people come to experience a community, not of perfect people, but a people who love them as they are and points them to Jesus if we do not invite them? So we hosted special services, special gatherings, our kids' ministry events, the different things that we did so that we could invite others to experience this community, but not just that that they may come to know Jesus as their Savior as well. Planting through, through prayer, through invitation, through engaging, through serving. When we say engaging, what we mean by that is not just coming and being a consumer of church, but to be someone who's actively involved, contributing to the ministry, serving, finding our purpose as we serve others, and finding Christian community as we're in life groups together. Through planting, through prayer, inviting, engaging, and finally investing to invest in the future of our church. As we come up on our 120th year of ministry as a church, our 50th year on this property, what does it look like for us to prepare again for the future and what God would want us to do here? To begin to teach again the biblical stewardship, what does it mean to give back to God what he has given to me? And what does that mean um, for our future as we look at our building, our kids' ministry areas, our second floor access and our others. So planting, pray, engage, invite, invest. And I knew I flew through those there because hopefully you heard them all year long in 2023. Pastor Galen, some of you said, you know, I kind of thought in your first year of lead pastor ministry, with you being kind of young, I thought there'd be like really big changes or something. And I said, you know, I don't, the, the biggest thing that needs to change is our rhythms and our habits as individuals. What if we caught a vision of recalling us back to the Christian disciplines and doing the small things individually? If we could do the small things faithfully, pray, invite, serve, share life with others, invest and give back to God what is his, what could God do? Personally, this last year, I started to fall in love with the verse from Zechariah 4.10. Do not despise small. Do not despise small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin as a church to plant. Galatians 6 says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. So what are we planting? Then it goes on to say, and do not give up. For at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up. So 2023, what was the results of our planting this last year? First of all, we saw signs of health within our community. 8% of our attendance is in our student ministry. 16% of our attendance is in our kids' ministry. If you're better than math at me, that's something like one out of every four people in our church is under the age of 18. Think about that for a second. It's beautiful. We have nine new members who chose to join the Church of the Nazarene in membership this last year, who said, this is my local church. I believe in this church. I'm partnering with this church in my time, my attendance, my serving, my giving, and participating in a group. I want to become a member to see this church's mission and vision move forward. Signs of health. And planting, inviting, engaging, investing in a different order. This year in engaging by serving and in groups. 
56% of you served somewhere in the last 10 months. It's beautiful. 58% of you were in a life group in the last 10 months, averaging to have 59 people serving a week and our groups to have 165. And today, really what I wanted to do is share stats, but not only the stats, the stories. Every single number you see is a person, and every person matters, and every person has a story. When I think about serving, I think about Bob. Bob said these words, First Naz is my family. It's where I've come to worship and grow spiritually with brothers and sisters. It's where I have found the Lord and Savior Jesus, and where I find, catch this last line, where I find my purpose by serving in kids' ministry. Some of you know Bob, many of you don't. Bob is a full-grown man that works in construction. If you saw him on the street, you would probably not think, that's the guy who's going to teach my kids on Sunday morning about Jesus. But he began to do it, and now, even at this point in his life, he's saying, where do I find my purpose? I find it in the next generation and teaching them about Jesus, finding purpose through serving. When I think of our life groups, I think of Rich. Rich says these words, Being a part of First Nazarene means that I have a solid church home where I get to hear God's word preached and worship with many other family and friends. It's the reason that I have found Christian friends in my life. Those friendships have grown over the years primarily through the belonging and the accountability that is found through our life groups. We speak of life groups. We say find connection and experience Christian community. Engaging. How do we do this year in investing? This year, we had two goals in investing. It was to have a 10% increase in our giving units, those who would choose to give, and a 10% increase in our overall giving to fund the work of the ministry so that people would know Jesus. Happy to report on the first number. We did hit our goal exactly of 10% an increase of people choosing to give. I'm not going to attach names to stories here for obvious reasons, but it was encouraging to hear people's stories for those that began to give for the first time. Some of them, I think of one in particular, who said these words, I never really realized that the church wasn't funded by some higher up thing. That all of the work of the ministry that is accomplished through this local church is because of the people who sit in these rows and see what God has given them and generously give back to him so that his word goes forward. And then they said these words, I think I realized that I gave more to Starbucks down the street than I did back to God and what he's done for me. So I want to choose to give and be a part of what God is doing here and learn to trust him more. Or I think of another person who moved from not giving for the first time, but giving a um, percentage of their income back to God in the church. And they said, I realized that my wallet and my heart are connected. I give to what I love, and I love God, and, I, and I'm now seeing and finding um, fruit as I'm trusting him in faith with even in my resources. So we did hit our goal of 10% increase in giving units, yet we did not meet our goal of a 10% increase in overall giving. We remained uh, mostly flat. Engage, invest. So what about praying and inviting? What happened in our church this last year? This last year, in 52 weeks of ministry, First Nazarene saw 913 new guests to our church. Again, every number of person, every person has a story. When I think of that number, I think of my friend Jeff, brand new to church in this last year. Jeff says these words, The welcoming atmosphere here has made my wife and I feel a part of the church from the very beginning. Today, I'm learning more about God and being a Christian, incorporating faith into everyday life. First Nazarene has brought my wife and I closer to God, and we both feel like we're a part of an organization that is truly changing lives for the better. 
starting with ours. We're both looking forward to a mission trip in February, and a year ago, such a trip would have not even occurred to us. When you look at that number 913, the majority of them are coming in our kids' ministry. Our children's ministry served 415 unique kids this last year just on Sunday mornings, which is 100 more than the previous year. We average 143 kids per month, and different kids, which for perspective is twice more than we had two years ago. Our new guests. This has resulted then into a 13% increase in our worship attendance. As people started coming, they started regularly attending, and then because of that, began to give their life to Jesus. This year, uh, we celebrated 20 baptisms. Family saying, I want to raise my kid into the family of faith. And those as adults saying, I have decided with my own mind as an adult, I am following Jesus. And the final number to report here, don't put it on the screen just quite yet, was the mission for what we exist for. As a church, we do not exist for ourselves. This is not a holy huddle of people where we all come to feel good and that's the primary purpose that does happen. Our primary purpose is to share the good news of Jesus with the world around us. So this will always be the most important thing. And if this number doesn't get your heart pumping as a Christian, check your pulse. This is what we're here for. This year in 2023, through the ministry of First Nazarene Church, 262 people made a decision to follow Jesus. Amen. This came from a variety of places, places you may not expect, from our online, from streaming our live services, just in the month of December, five people watching from wherever they were says, I want to give my life to Jesus. In December, we had 22 of our kids respond to a gospel message and invitation to follow Jesus, even from a young age. Individuals who have started coming to church from our Nazarek and preschool said, yes, I am re-exploring my faith as an adult, and I am now committing to follow him. Also think of Kathy Powell and her work at Celebrate Recovery at Timberline Knowles, sitting one-on-one across the table from individuals who are at the lowest part of their life and saying, do you want to change? Do you want to follow Jesus? And they say yes. I didn't want to share a specific story and feel like call somebody out of they just made this decision a week or two ago. I would love to instead tell you Lauren's story. Lauren's been coming here for a little while now, but I believe her story shows the whole effect that Jesus can actually not only change your life, but your family. She says, being a part of First Nazarene means so much more to me than being a part of just a church community. The church is more like family, where we have been growing in our faith and our life together with all, who's at, all, with all who attend, whether that be through service on Sundays, preschool with our littles during the week, or our sports activities with Nazarek. Our church family is there to celebrate with us at times, and they've been there to support and walk with us through hardships. Being a part of First Nazarene continues to mean more to me. It has strengthened my relationship with Jesus. It's given me a place where I know I belong. I grew up going to church weekly, but never felt fully connected to the Word or to Jesus himself as I do now. I find myself praying, reading devotions, and looking forward to church on Sundays. I know it's a place where my family can grow spiritually, feel that sense of belonging, and for us, that has made all the difference. I wish I could share story after story after story with you, and I don't have time, but as you leave this place today by the doors on the table, you'll see this giant piece of paper. This is our year-end report, and I would encourage you to pick that up to see the different stats and stories 
this last year. It has been an incredible year. I'm going to pause now from the rewind and take just a glimpse to fast forward, to look at this next year together, maybe just the next few months. Beginning next week, we'll begin a sermon series together called Fixer Upper. If you want to look at some of the hardest teachings of Jesus, where it's really at a gut level, it's a heart level, if you want to see change in your life, we're going to be walking through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, which is going to lead us up to Easter. It's going to begin with Ash Wednesday this Wednesday. We won't gather here as a church together, but we'll post an online video teaching of what is Ash Wednesday and how could you participate in this season. So no matter what plans you may have Wednesday, you can watch that anytime that you would want to. After Fixture Upper, we will move to Easter. We'll talk about witness. What does it mean to encounter and to see in our world and life today the risen Jesus? And then take four or five weeks together when Jesus appears to people after his resurrection, after Easter. We'll look at those stories and what we can learn from them for ourselves. And then we will focus on our theme for this year together in 2024, life together. With new people coming into the church, with the command even from the scripture we just read to share life with one another. What does it look like to live life together with God, life together with one another, and life together with our community. I'm convinced that if we focus on these things and follow where God is leading us, it will keep us growing in our relationship with God, growing in our love and service with one another, and blessing our community as we should be doing as a church. It will keep us united in mind, thought, and purpose, as 1 Corinthians says. What could this look like for us? If we are faithful to do life together with God, I believe that this year we'll see a thousand new guests to First Nazarene and our ministries here. We'll see 300 people make a decision for Jesus and celebrate 30 baptisms this year. Life together with one another as we share life with one another. To see 200 people every week sharing life in a life group. We see 100 people serving every single week in our ministries. Life together with God, with one another, and our community. This year to host one event on site specifically to bless our community, to have at least five service projects off site to bless the community, to see a 10% increase in our giving units to be able to fund the ministry to love our community and serve them well, to give away $250,000. If Jesus has called us to be generous, we need to live out that generosity in our community, which is local Chicago, nationwide, and around the world's missions. And this year to raise $2 million to continue to see the ministry of God move forward. I believe if we're doing these things, it will result in a healthy church. For our health goals to see a 10% increase in our worship attendance, 20 new members commit, 20% of our attendance to being kids, 10 in students, and then to identify six individuals at least who we will intentionally raise up over the next few years to be the future pastors and ministry leaders of our church in different locations. As we close this year on planting, as we take a glimpse of the future and life together, I just want to give you three quick notes. First of all, I recognize some of you were faithful all year last year, and you were praying, inviting, engaging, investing. And you say, Pastor, I don't feel like God answered my prayer. I'm still waiting. For you, I just want to encourage you. God's timeline is not always our timeline. Even the act of planting means it will take time to bear fruit. Scripture says, do not give up. Begin to surrender to God's timelines instead of ours. Continue the work of planting. 
Um, it's not like, hey, planting's over. I want you to just go ahead and stop praying, stop inviting, stop engaging. No. These are more of basic Christian foundational practices of what we will be doing together. Second note today is this. God is good. If you only knew the stories that sit among you. Every Saturday night, I come over here and I sit right here and I look out in these seats and I pray for you. And it's super simple because y'all sit in the same seats every week. So I look at your seat. I know you sit there and I pray for you. And then I look at the empty seats. I pray for the person who will sit there, who's not here yet. Maybe it's the same person you're praying for at 431 every day, saying, God, could you do a work in their life? And if you would only see today, some of those seats are full that they weren't a year ago. Friends, God is faithful and he is good. He is transforming marriages. He is breaking addictions. People are finding freedom. People are finding new life in Jesus. And they're sitting with you today. God is good. Now this question I asked you to think about, what influence and your impact? Friends, if you were praying this year, if you invited this year, if you were serving and in groups and investing this year, that's what you were doing with your influence. This impact, these numbers, these stories I've just read, can't you see them as your own? When we're faithful with the small things, God is good and faithful and responds. This impact you will feel personally. Now, if you were not here as much this year, maybe you're new to our church, you didn't have the chance, but some of you, maybe this is your church home, but you weren't that faithful in coming every week. I don't know how else to say this. There's a sense of probably missing something. For if you were here, most weekends you could sense and feel, man, God is doing something here. This is more than people coming. This is lives being changed. Which then leads us to my third and final note. There's still planting work to be done. We can re-engage, continue to pray and invite and engage and invest, and then this year build on top of that, sharing life with others. What could God do in and through our church in this next year? I want to end with this thought, going back to 1 Corinthians. Verses 9, it says this, And God will do this, for he is faithful to do what he says. And he has invited you into partnership with his son Jesus. He's invited us to receive Jesus, and then invited us in partnership to work with him and his mission. Will we respond and be faithful to say, yes. Even if I'm new to the faith, even if I'm not sure, I'm going to say, yes, I want to be a part of what God is doing here. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes and pray with me? God, today, I'm humbled, I'm grateful to see all that you have done in and through this place. God, I thank you for every number and stat and story, because every number is a person. And as those people sit here today and their life is different than it was a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, because you were doing something in this place. God, I pray that just as you have poured your spirit out on this place and you've begun to do a new work, would you increase that even more? God, as we say thank you and we praise you for the goodness and the new life and the forgiveness that we've seen here, would you do even more, far more than we could ask or imagine according to your power at work within us, your Holy Spirit? Would you do more in this, in this next year? God, as we close here in just a moment, we proclaim in faith 
we will take you at your word. When you speak things over our life, you're forgiven. You're made new. I'm changing you. I want to do a work in you. I want to do work through you. When you give us your promises, help us simply to say yes and take you at your word and believe them. God, we thank you for your goodness. We love you and we praise you. We love you, Jesus. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us for the First Naz podcast. If you're interested in what your next step in growing your relationship with God might look like, I'd encourage you to visit us at firstnaz.cc engage, or you can download our app from the app store, First Nazarene Church. And there you can let us know if you've made a decision for Jesus, or you can also find practical resources to help you grow closer to Jesus. I'd also invite you to subscribe to the podcast if you're not already to make sure that you've always got the latest content. And if you want to, feel free to share this on your social accounts. You never know who else might need to hear today's message as well. Well, thanks again for joining us. Have a great day.